te marie te whanau o ihu karaiti, no mai harima ki ilam na mihi mahana ki a koutou katoa. A very warm welcome. We're so glad to have your company today. And uh, I am wearing uh, a traditional Bangladesh sari because uh, I'm as Kiwi as Kiwi comes. And of course, I am proud of my country, but sometimes it's just nice to adopt a country that means a lot to you. And I didn't say this in the first service, so everyone might have been thinking, oh, you know, it's a little bit of a different outfit for Amy. But hey, I, someone said to me, you could wear this often, and I actually agree. It's beautiful, and it was a gift from our pastors. Uh, we have an Elam Bangladesh Generation Church, and um, it's really lovely just to put on something that makes you remember some beautiful people. And I truly echo Mike's words. I loved hearing the different nationalities speak in their native tongue, and you truly enrich us, and we're so glad that you are part of our whanau and a part of our beautiful country, Aotearoa. Uh, You just bless us so much, and so it's neat to be able to celebrate together. Well, as you have might have heard and and heard read this morning, we're going to be exploring Psalm 23. We've been in a series called Sounds Familiar. You know, sometimes you can have um, verses or passages that are quoted, very well known, and sometimes those well known passages can become a bit familiar. Uh, We can, uh, you know, they get a bit of airtime, so we lose um, the impact sometimes that they have on our lives. And so our heart has been to to dig some deep treasures. and just explore a little deeper. And so it is my privilege to share with you this morning. And I was thinking to myself, I I feel a bit like a guide in an art museum trying to describe a priceless treasure, a priceless piece of art with um, the 23rd Psalm. And I came across this great quote by Dr. Bernard Anderson, uh, a professor and Old Testament scholar. And I think uh, he best expresses the value of the 23rd Psalm when he wrote, no single Psalm has expressed more powerfully man's prayer of confidence out of the depths to the God whose purpose alone gives meaning to the span of life from womb to tomb. Amen. So we're going to read this morning uh, on the screen, and we have an an app, Elam Christian Centre app, and so you can download that and follow along with the notes. But let's read this morning. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. A Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your staff and your rod, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. And certainly goodness And faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life, and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you uh, that your cup is overflowing this morning. I thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you anoint each one of us with your presence. And Lord, I pray that uh, this morning, Lord, you, you would truly Uh, Speak to our hearts from your word, Father, from this psalm, um, written uh, inspiration from the Holy Spirit. I thank you for it. It's treasure. And I pray that uh, we would leave changed in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Well, an interesting fact is that globally, there are one billion approximately sheep. That is, that is one sheep for every seven people. Now, in June 2020, in New Zealand, it's estimated there were about 26.21 million sheep. So we are, of course, punching above our weight. Um, There is approximately five sheep in our country for every person, and that's probably why we are subject to maybe some sheep jokes out there. Uh, But is is being compared to a sheep a bad thing? Did you know that sheep are referenced in the Bible over 200 times? That uh, God often refers to his people as sheep? Now, it's not the most endearing animal. I don't know about you, but I might like to be referred to a, a, a lion or a bear. But God says, no, you are sheep and you are in need of a shepherd. But you're not just in need of any shepherd this morning. My message is titled, Every Sheep Needs the Good Shepherd. Every sheep needs the good shepherd. And I just want to do a shout out to Pastor Darcy. Uh, We work with amazing people in our our church, and our campuses, and I just want to shout her out for the inspiration for this message. We've booked uh, Adam and Darcy in to speak next year. So if you haven't had the pleasure of hearing her, you can look forward to that. But you know, this psalm is written by the great King David, but it wasn't written when David was an old man, it is said that it was written when he was around 16 or 17 years old, when he was a young shepherd boy taking care of his father's flock near Bethlehem. He was a shepherd who fearlessly defended his sheep from predators, a shepherd who lived with his sheep, a shepherd who knew his sheep by name, and a shepherd who knew that his flock would not survive without him. And I think it's really important to note uh, in this psalm that this psalm of David is not written from the perspective of the shepherd. No, David has written this psalm, inspiration by the Holy Spirit, from the perspective of the sheep. That is you and I. And so I just thought I'd kick off my message by just sharing a few interesting things about sheep. Because if God is comparing us to them, we probably should know why. Uh, my grandparents were farmers, and uh, my mum grew up on a farm. My auntie and uncle still farm um, down in Rotorua. So I don't feel like I've got lots of experience, but, you know, a little bit today, <laughs> maybe. Mike is laughing because they used to make us go to the farm on our school holidays, and I'm not really a farm girl. But, you know, I embraced it. My cousins were good to me. But first thing you need to know about sheep is that sheep are directionless. Sheep are directionless. They will follow whoever is leading them. Now, if someone's a little bit rogue that leads them, the likelihood is that the sheep will follow. Are there any rogue people in here that like to go a bit rogue? No, never. (laughs) Um, There was a headline in eastern Turkey. Um, where it reported that roughly 1,500 unattended sheep fell off a cliff while their shepherds were having breakfast apart from them. And so the story goes that there were 400 sheep that fell to their death um, down a ravine, and then the remaining 1,100 sheep actually were saved. Do you know why? Because there was a big fluffy cushion to, you know... To, to, to protect them. Apparently the story is true. They were saved. So what happened was that the sheep at the back couldn't see the sheep at the front or past the sheep at the front. And so they were unaware of what was going on. And the sheep at the front were being pushed behind by the sheep and couldn't stop. One sheep went over a cliff. 
and 1,499 sheep followed. Is that just a little bit indicative of the world we live in? Mm. You can kind of see why God compares us to sheep. One person might seem a bit confident, <laughs> and then there's a herd of people following behind. Yeah, let's follow. Let's get over the cliff or dangerously close to the cliff. <laughs> Isaiah 53 puts this so well. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. Sheep don't always think about the path they are taking. Can you relate? So not only are sheep directionless, but they're also defenseless. Uh, If the best, I I bet none of you have have ever thought, oh, that sheep looks scary. (laughs) Maybe there were a few people in the first service. And I was like, you know, maybe you're like, oh, I'm so terrified. I'm so, I'm so scared of that fluffy white coat and that unintimidating. <laughs> um, you know, the best protective instinct that a sheep has is to stay within its herd. There are strength in numbers. Even greater protection is a herd that has a shepherd. Matthew 9.36 tells us that when he, being Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So not only do sheep not really have a protective instinct uh, to physical threats, they also don't really know what's good for them. Someone once said, when sheep are thirsty, they will stop at a dirty puddle right in front of them instead of going for the clean, still waters 20 feet ahead. Sadly, they are content with filth so long as it satisfies the moment. Furthermore, they will stink and not even know it. Truthfully, they lack discernment and judgment and frankly don't really know what is good for them. So not only are sheep directionless and defenseless, but they are also dependent They're dependent creatures. As gross as it might sound, have you heard, you know, there's quite a few animals in the animal kingdom that if they get injured, they will lick the wound um, to heal. But sheep don't do that. They actually need a shepherd. A shepherd needs to come and clean out the wound, wound, cleanse the wound, bandage it up, and help the sheep heal. You know, sheep are not independent creatures. Uh, They will not survive long in the wilderness. And so these are the animals that God compares us to. But you know, I think Psalm 23, such the most beautiful beautiful psalm, was birthed out of David's reflection, honest reflection of the human condition. You know, David recognized that we are all, aren't we, constantly searching, that we want to find purpose, that we will follow the voice that shouts the loudest. David knew that we are left defenseless, without a good shepherd from the attacks of the enemy, that humans by themselves cannot intimidate the enemy. The humans claim to want independence and yet they were actually created for community. We, we as humans look for ways to heal ourselves or just ignore the problem completely. Ain't that the truth? He knows, he knew that people weren't so great at looking for what was best for them and would settle possibly for a life subpar, less than what God had intended. And you know, I love the first verse of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in need. It's like that verse sums up and reflects on the following five verses. Uh, Another version says, um, I lack nothing. And you know, we don't just need a shepherd this morning. Because a shepherd 
could just be a leader. A shepherd could be a hired hand that the Bible talks about, that John talks about, who might just leave when things get tough, um, when, the, when the wolves and the, and the lions come, they, they take off because they're not the good shepherd. And I love that in John 10, Jesus declares himself, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is not just described as the good shepherd. He's described in Hebrews as the great shepherd and First Peter as the chief shepherd. And I want to say this morning that every sheep needs the good shepherd. You, my friends, need the good shepherd. I need the good shepherd. Is he the good shepherd of your soul? Is Jesus the good shepherd of your soul? And just as we, as we um, wrap this up today, I've just got some thoughts about how Jesus is our good shepherd and, and how, what he provides for us. The first thing that the good shepherd gives us is guidance. The good shepherd is our guide. He leads us. He directs us. And I love that he takes us to places of rest. Um, there's a literal translation that says, he maketh me lie down. Has anyone been made to lie down? <laughs> yes. You know what? Jesus he leads us beside the quiet waters. You know, in ancient times, you didn't just stumble upon green pasture. It was a very dry and arid landscape. No, these shepherds would go ahead and they would pr- pr- um, produce and they would, um, they would do what was necessary and prepare a pasture that was green and ready for the sheep to find rest. You know, I love that... Um, in New Zealand, you know, when I think of, of, of farming, especially with a herd of sheep, I think of a farmer and I think of dogs and I think of motorbikes. And I, and I, and I think it's like they're driving their sheep. But I want to say this morning that Jesus, the good shepherd, is not one that drives us. He is one that leads us. Verse 2 here says he leads us. He leads us from the front. He can see where he's going. He is our guide. You know, someone came up to me after first service and, and, and they said um, that it's like, it's like Jesus, our good shepherd, is leading us because he can see because sheep are low to the ground. They don't know where they're going. And that's why we need Jesus as our guide. And I want to say, and I know I've been in that place where I have to continually be careful that I'm not driven by the forces behind me, that I'm not driven by the loudest voices on social media, that I'm not driven by approval of man or insecurity or trying to measure up. But actually, Jesus, I thank you that you are leading me from the front. You are guiding me in your good plans and your purposes for my life. You know, a shepherd would always carry two things with them, a rod and a staff, a rod and a staff. You know, the staff uh, looks like a walking stick. It's got that curved end. It was so much more than just um, something that the shepherd would lean on for comfort. It was actually used to guide the sheep. Verse three, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, I was reading some footnotes this week in one of my Bibles, and it said that that translation can also mean that he guides us in circular paths of righteousness because it's common for sheep on the hillside of Israel to circle their way up the mountain. 
that eventually they form a path that leads them higher. I think it's like David is saying that Jesus, our good shepherd, following him, he's gonna guide you, my friend. He's gonna lead you in places that you never dreamed of, higher in him, deeper in him. And it might feel like we're going around in circles, but it's only for our good (laughs) because he wants to develop our character because he wants to lead us on the right paths. If we're in danger, he's gonna use that staff and he's gonna yank us back to where we need to be, back on the right path. Have you ever felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit? Have you ever felt, I think Benji talked about that last week, uh, where, he's, where you feel like, it's like, is that you, Lord? Really? Do you want me to, to say that? Do you want me to ring that person? Have you ever felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit, maybe leading and guiding you in a direction that you thought, oh, that's rather interesting. Maybe through a different door or a different path or to a different person than you were heading, once heading towards I know I have. God nudges. We need to pay attention. Are we listening? Are we listening to the voice of our good shepherd? You know, a few months ago, uh, I got a phone call from one of my, our neighbors. She lives in front. She's, um, she's elderly. She's lovely. Her name is June. And June knows that Mike and I don't work on a Friday. And so she called me up and she said, Amy, we've got a problem. There's a bunny in the next door neighbor's property. Can you help And I said, of course we can help. But I really mean, of course, Mike could help. (laughs) And so Mike did help. He did amazing. He caught this bunny. It was a very big bunny, very large bunny. And because our bunny escaped last Christmas, um, we kind of, we hadn't the heart to give everything away. So we still had a cage. We even had food. We had everything that was necessary for this bunny. So um, the kids got quite attached to this bunny. They named him Caramilk after my favorite chocolate. But just like God likes to change names in the Bible, we changed his name to Houdini because he became an escape artist. That bunny escaped, I don't know, about 15 times. And I was thinking, okay, you know, if someone had lost a bunny, you know, maybe we might receive a knock on the door or like we did, put a, put a, letter, a letterbox drop out. But we heard nothing. But I kept hearing this nudge from the Holy Spirit. You need to find out who that owner is. You need to find out who that owner is. You need to write the note. You need to find out who that owner is. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, okay. But it took me three weeks to listen. It took me three weeks to listen. And we finally did a note. Rosie dropped it in. The next morning I get a text from the owner of the bunny. Apart from because I didn't listen, that bunny has ended up becoming ours because she's like, I sold all of our cage and bunny gear. Would you like to keep the bunny? And I'm like, in my heart, I'm like, no, not really. (laughs) No, not really, but what do you say? But I said, you know what? It's so lovely to meet you. Would you like to come over for a cup of tea? Uh, She had children. She was a single mum, two kids and a new baby. And the kids really wanted to know that the bunny was okay. So she came over and it was so nice to meet her. And I sat across my kitchen table and I was like, right, Lord, that's why. This lady is why. This lady is why you were nudging me to find out who the owner was. And I got to invite her to church. I gave her one of Mike's books and I just pray that it's, it's, it's opened a door. It's opened a door of possibility. So are you listening? Because the moral of this story is that every bunny and everybody matters to Jesus. Everybody matters to Jesus. Jesus will leave the 99 and he will go in search of the one. Are we not just following the good shepherd, his guidance, but are we listening? 
Are we listening to his voice? Are we attuned to his voice? You know, the consequences of me not listening is that we've ended up with Houdini. So, but he has become, you know, our family bunny and we've adopted him and it's all good. (laughs) You know, John 10.4 says, when he puts all, Jesus puts all his own sheep outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They know his voice. When you're feeling directionless, I wanna say this morning that the good shepherd is there to guide you. He is there to lead you to places of rest. He is there to guide you along the right path. He is there to bring wisdom where you need it and loving correction when we need it too. You know, our second thought, my second thought this morning is that the good shepherd, he not only guides us, but he protects us. The good shepherd is our protector. You know, the other thing a shepherd carried was a rod. And this was more like a club, kind of much shorter. Um, Really, it was a a weapon, a little bigger maybe than my microphone. But this rod was a weapon, and it was a symbol of the shepherd's authority, that any enemy that set his eyes on the sheep was going to be protected. How beautiful. A photograph, uh, sorry, photographer was once out on an expedition with an African herder who carried a rod-like club in his hand. They found themselves on a hill crest overlooking a herd of elephants um, below them and the herder wanted to dislodge a rock so that these elephants uh, would, would go down and so they could take some photos. But what happened is when they pushed on that, on that rock together, all of a sudden they realized that there was a cobra coiled underneath and it was gearing up to strike them. And within a split second, that African shepherd boy had whacked that uh, snake and killed it with his club before it even had a chance to strike. You know, the good shepherd, he is your protector who carries his rod constantly within his grasp. How assuring is this? He is ready to strike at an enemy, any enemy that lunges forward. Psalm 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You need to know this morning that as long as you're close to the one who holds the rod, you're in the presence of your protector. You're in the presence of your protector. It doesn't matter what cobra is unearthed in your rocky circumstances. When you have the good shepherd protecting you, he is with you and you do not need to fear. Amen? And as the team would like to come, not only is the good shepherd our guide and our protector, but he is also our provider. He is also our provider. The good shepherd sees humanity as his responsibility. He is taking care of us. We've sung this morning, verse six, you prepare a table You prefer a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I've always found that verse a little interesting, not really understanding. But I read this week that in Middle Eastern culture that a traveler who received the hospitality received protection. Actually, they were offered the hospitality and that that person that did that was expected to protect their guests at all, at at no cost. And that's why Jesus is our good shepherd who provides for us because we can feel safe at his table. No matter what is going on in your life at the moment, no matter what battles you might be facing, 
Jesus comes just like our interns invited you last week to come and sit at his table. Because you know what? At his table, it is not just any old meal. The message translation says, at his table is a six course banquet. At his table, he is calling you and his banner over you is love. And you know what? It's not just a small amount of provision. That table that God sets for us has everything we need. And I don't know what kind of fights some of you are are feeling like you're in, what kind of battle you feel like you're in at the moment. It might be a battle for your health, for your relationships, for your marriage, for your children, for your employment or, or opportunities for work. You know what Jesus is saying? Our good shepherd is saying, I'm gonna give you more than you need if you would come and take a seat at my banquet table. So if you're feeling under-resourced this morning, and I have felt this this week, (laughs) under-resourced, then maybe you need to come and take your seat at the banquet table. Let him fight for you. Fight with the weapons that he provides. Fight with the weapons that he gives us. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and our praise and our thanksgiving are the weapons that God gives us. Come and take a seat at his table that He has beautifully prepared for you. You will find total provision and total protection. That's why you can sit and enjoy a meal no matter what fight you are facing, no matter what battle you are facing. He is not only our good shepherd, but He's our good host. He's our host. You know, it goes on to say that Jesus anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows. You know, most commonly um, in, in Eastern times, the shepherds would anoint their he- the heads of the sheep with oil. And that was why, oh, sorry, why they did that was so that bugs would come and nest and eventually make the sheep blind. You know, the devil in the Bible is sometimes referred to as Beelzebub. And Beelzebub means the Lord of the flies. You know, the good shepherd, he anoints you and he protects you from the enemy. You need to be in that safe place because we, like sheep, we're unprotected. We can't fight these battles on our own because Jesus has fought the battle for us. We don't go to a place of victory. We stand in a place of victory because Jesus died and He rose again. You know, our home is in heaven. We are citizens of heaven. And I love that the final scene of this, of this psalm says that all believers are gonna dwell with God forever. I love that. For eternity, certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. What a beautiful promise. There's such rich treasures in this psalm. You know, I know I've spoken about some of the the weaker qualities of sheep, but I also wanna tell you that sheep are pretty cool. I've got a, um, my mum grew up on a farm and she used to show sheep and she dug out, a picture for us just to see how cute this sheep is of her sheep named Dolly. And this was Dolly, and this is my mum Judy when she was a little girl. <laughs> and Dolly was one of her best friends. <laughs> sheep are incredibly loyal and they are wonderful friends. You know what? Sheep know they're made for community. And you know what also sheep have? They have the most excellent voice recognition quality. They know who their shepherd or owner is. So when you read Psalm 23, 
And I I encourage you to read it and read it in some different translations. Read it in the Passion Translation because I don't have time to share that today. It's beautiful. But I pray that God would remind you not of everything you lack, but of everything you gain from being part of God's flock. Total provision, protection and guidance. You know, we gain so much. We gain wisdom from His leading. We gain rest from His guidance. We gain purpose through His direction and safety through His protection. We gain peace through the plans that God has for us. You know, our portion, my friends, is not panic. Our portion that God has given us is His total peace, a peace that surpasses all our understanding. Let peace be your portion. And and you know what else we gain? We gain comfort and healing through His continual sacrificial love. You know, just as I close, I want to say, do you know, do you know the Good Shepherd this morning? Is Jesus the Good Shepherd of your soul? Because we will all be led and driven by someone or something. And you know, the shepherds, an interesting fact, I, I also learned this past week, is that they would coral their sheep into some makeshift pens um, with piles of rocks, but there would be no gate. And the shepherd himself would be that gate. He would lie down so that his sheep were protected so that there couldn't be predators get in and hurt his sheep. He's like, over my dead body, will there be someone that comes in to attack my sheep? And I wanna say that this speaks so beautifully. If you get a chance to read John chapter 10, do that this week, because not only does Jesus say, I'm the good shepherd, before that, he says, I'm the gatekeeper. I am the gate. And if anyone enters through me, Jesus says, they will be saved and they will come and find pasture. My friends, if you're sitting here today and you don't know peace, you don't know the God who created you, who loves you. You can know Him today. You know, we, why do we need a Savior? Because we're all sinners. We've all fallen short. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's perfect standard. And that's why Jesus came as our good shepherd. And He sacrificed His life just like a shepherd would for each one of us once and for all, for all mankind, so that we could be forgiven, so that we wouldn't perish but have eternal life with Him forever. Do you know the good shepherd of your soul today? He's calling you. He's calling you to His flock. He's calling you home. He's calling you to His table. Would you come and take the seat that He has reserved for you? God loves you. No sin, shame or guilt will ever separate you from God's love. There is room in His whanau. There is room in His flock for you today. Three things will happen if you say yes to Jesus and surrender your life. Number one is that your past sins are forgiven. Number two, you receive a new life in Christ today. And number three is that you receive a purpose and a hope that is eternal for your future. And so here at Elam, we just love to give people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So maybe you're sitting here and you don't know Him or you once have walked with Him. This is your day to come back home. You're only ever one prayer away. So we're gonna pray together uh, as we do. We'd love you to join with us. If you make this prayer the prayer of your heart, God will hear you and He will forgive you from your sins. So we pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Saviour of this world. And today I make you, Jesus, the Lord of my life. 
I believe you died for me to forgive me. And I believe you rose again to give me life. I received this new life. Please forgive me. Be my Saviour and Lord. Be the great shepherd of my soul. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. And with every head bowed and eyes still closed, if you prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time or coming back to God, I just wanna ask you to do one brave thing for me, that on the count of three to lift up your hand if you said yes to Jesus as an act of surrender. And I'll see, and we've just got a few of our team at the back. So on the count of three, number one, God loves you and He has a great plan for your life. Number two, He has an incredible plan for your life. And number three, you can lift your hand if you said yes to Jesus today. Father God, I just wanna thank you that you are the good shepherd of our soul. Father, that your spirit lives within us. And I pray that we would walk out of here knowing your peace. Lord, that you are our victory. Lord, that we are not alone. I thank you that you are our comfort. Father God, that you lead and guide us. Would we, would we hear, would we people like Samuel say, yes, Lord, speak for your servant is listening. Would you hold us close? Lord, I thank you that you go before us and you defend us from behind. Father, I thank you that we don't need to fear for no weapon formed against us will harm us. And I pray today, Jesus, that you would fill us with anointing, the anointing of your Holy Spirit, that we would be followers of you whose cup is overflowing. Lord, because we've sat at your table, we've taken our place. And Lord, I thank you that your provision is there. It's more than enough, Lord Jesus. And would it flow into this lost world that needs you so much? Jesus, we thank you for being the good shepherd of our soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.